0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Uncommon Sense. So today I am joined with Ryan Cooler, and he is a parent in Chicago, Illinois, who is fighting to get full custody of his daughter. She is caught in this new failed system that we, I guess, jokingly now are calling our quote-unquote justice system. But Ryan is going to tell us more about his story and how other parents around America are fighting to get custody back of their children as well. These are children who really have, to me, it seems, um just they've been absorbed into this tragic like justice system quote-unquote that we now have um it is like an injustice system and we have to ask ourselves why is the government treating our kids this way i've been saying it for a very long time now but it just doesn't seem as though our legal systems uh really want what's best for kids and for families it just seems like they want total destruction of the family unit to be honest um but so first ryan i just want to thank you so much for coming on the show can you introduce yourself to my audience. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Ryan Kohler. Uh, I'm a small business owner in Chicago, father of one daughter who is 10. She'll be 11 in a few weeks. And uh, basically, we, my ex-wife and I had a very contentious marriage, a very contentious divorce, and a very contentious co-parenting situation for over a decade. Um, we split because of abuse at me from her. And long story short, everything was just a grind, co parenting, until she um, started dating what I refer to as her third fiance. She's had three of them since our divorce, they never ever materialized into a marriage. And the third guy was just one of these creepers. You just feel it. It's different. He's, he acts different. Yeah. Daughter came home with reports of groping and molestation from her house. Wow. And to summarize, I basically trusted the court system to do its job, uh, confirm the molestation with experts, witnesses, evidence. Um, and my daughter got buried in this system and I was actually framed for crimes by the court officials. My daughter was removed from my home almost 18 months ago. Don't even let me talk to her anymore. And that was when she was nine and a half and she's nearly 11.
0: Wow. Um, you know, we've talked a little bit about your story, but it just is still so crazy to me. Before we get into the specifics, and it is important to get into the specifics, um, I just wanted to see if you could give a broad overview of your situation, um, you know, them framing you uh, and a little bit about your ex.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, the court system, the domestic court system, and people should need to understand this. Most court Systems are based on the Constitution, our rights, our privileges afforded to us by by people much smarter and much uh, more advanced than we were, it seems, uh, hundreds of years ago. Yeah, Uh, we're allowed to cross examine. We're allowed discovery rights for um, evidence. We're allowed to uh, face our accusers unless you're in domestic court, which is in most states registered as a commercial court which means they don't have to follow (laughs) the rights that were afforded in other courts. Um, Judges have almost complete discretion, which means they can rule on or not rule on anything they choose to. They can absorb or ignore any evidence they choose to. And what's happening in these domestic court squabbles, I know of hundreds and hundreds of cases now that I've dug into this with my daughter's situation, these domestic judges are basically running... Their com- complete controlled courtroom with ignoring children's pleas and protective parents' pleas and w- evidence and witnesses' pleas, and even in some cases, psychologists and per- experts and co- school official pleas. Wow. Because there's no money in solving these problems quickly. Lots of money in putting children at risk. Because the protective parent will fight and spend limitless money. Yeah. The abusive parent will defend their reputation and spend limitless money. So they're using these kids as money sources and the judges get a cut and the lawyers get a cut and this and the agents, the psychologists, the social workers get a cut. It is absolutely one of the most unspoken about truths of corruption in america little american kids sometimes as young as three who were being molested raped beaten by parents step parents someone else in the family are being put and kept in those homes deliberately it's shocking it's 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 shocking every time i hear a story and i i talk to two to three new parents a day now that I'm neck deep in this stuff. So that's what's happening. It's it's a it's a money center. 56 billion dollar a year industry. Domestic court
0: industry. Yeah, well, I mean, it is. It's it's completely shocking. It's terrifying. It's um, you know, it's not actually super super out there to me. Just because you know, so many of our so many of our institutions are so messed up these days that it doesn't fully fully absolutely astonish me. But it is absolutely heinous and evil and atrocious. Um, either way, I mean, it's absolutely ludicrous that the court systems would be taking children, um, you know, away from the parents that are qualified to take care of them and putting them with the parents who are not qualified to be taking care of them, that just, you know, kind of, that just kind of blows my mind. Um, but, well, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, it's okay. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a valid point. I, the hardest part is when these parents, the protective parents as i refer to them as versus the abusive parents. Um, that's kind of an accepted nomenclature amongst us in this battle. Um, the protective parents, Try to tell the school officials, try to tell the police, try to use government agencies like Child Protective Services, depending upon what state it is. And most people don't believe them because they're like, well, why would a judge rule this way? Why would a lawyer rule this way? Why would these people fight against evidence coming out? And that's the biggest question is the why. Yeah. The only answer I've come up with so far. I mean there's theories out there about evil versus good and the corruption of America and the and the planted judges from these special interest groups. I mean that's all those are all theories out there. I can't prove any of that. But what I see across every case I've I've experienced and I have I've I've researched over 200 cases at this point around the country. Well, it's just about money. Yeah. It's just pure money. Greed, just epic amounts of if the kid's in harm's way, everybody makes money. If we roll in 15 minutes to put the kid with the safe parent – the case is over and we move on to the next one. There's no money in that for us. It's as simple as that.
0: Yeah. Um, And it sounds, you know, very much to me like the government, you know, let's create some problems so that we can solve your problems for you. Wink, wink. But are we really? And it is the government. You know, this is a branch of government and they are, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it makes sense to me. Oh, this is going to be the way that we make a bunch of money.
1: Yeah. I mean, the problems are clear. They're caused by people who are unhinged step-parents who are unhinged, aunts and uncles who are unhinged. I mean, who wants to hurt a child? You have to have to be a special kind of monster to hurt a child. But there's those monsters every day. I don't want to shock the the listeners, but uh, there's a lot of evil in the world. There's a lot of people who are maladjusted and a lot of people who are abusive and a lot of people who get off on some level of hurting a child. But I would say that the vast majority of people aren't the vast majority of people protect children, love children, wanna wanna, you know, educate and, and protect and raise children properly. But there's these monsters out there. And these monsters are a profit center for the government's court. And the government's court as we all have seen in every <laughs> every circumstance and every capacity in this country. Yeah. The court is not geared towards justice. The court is geared towards sensationalism and profit.
0: Yeah. Well, no different from pretty much every other, every other industry now these days, like social media, everything is just like, look at this. This is the brightest, most horrendous thing ever, but look at how much money we're going to make. And then, you know, sneaky, evil, ha -ha 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 laugh. Like, you know, I'm I'm not making a joke about this because it is very serious, but, and part of me is like, oh, I wonder how these people got into these positions. How did they become who they are? But if it is a systemic problem, then we know exactly how this happened because it's. And it's corruption. And that's what's happening is what it is sounding like. So I want to talk about them framing you a little bit more. Can you talk about um, them trying to make you look like the abusive parent, uh, you know, and just kind of the corruption there?
1: Yeah, it's it's a long-standing theory that's been disproven by everybody of note in the last 30 years. But there was a Ph.D. back in the 70s and 80s named Gardner. Who, by the way, committed suicide at one point. So clearly, he was balanced. Um, and he wrote this horrific, blood-soaked book about parental alienation. And in the book, it theorizes that the parents who turn the that protective parents who turn the abusive parent in for abuse are alienating their children from the abusive parent. And the courts are still relying on this ancient, disproven mechanism. So, when a protective parent reports abuse of a child and proves it, whether in whatever capacity they prove it—body cam footage, videos, witnesses, child's reports, whatever the case may be—they're using this outdated, antiquated theory. From this long dead psychologist who's been disproven hundreds of times, thousands of times, as a mechanism to keep that child away from the protective parent, because they're using that as, oh, you're abusing the child too, or in you know, more so than the abusive parent, because you're trying to alienate the child from mom or dad or whoever is the abuser, and it's so pathetically, it's so pathetically dumb that it's the fact that they still use it. And they use it against me. Oh, you turned stepdad in for abuse. You turned mom in for abuse. But you're alienating mom from your from your daughter, and I'm like, this is insane. Sitting there in the court, and your your mouth drops open.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the appalling thing to me—I mean, it's all appalling. But one of the most appalling things to me is that your daughter is now living with her molester, your ex's boyfriend.
1: Yeah, she ended up marrying him and having a child, and that's another strange activity that happens in courts every day. These lawyers, when they when they told me the same thing years ago, because I've been in court now off and on. And years battling for my daughter's safety. And seven years ago, I was um, living with an amazing woman uh, who I will never speak poorly of. And we went into a, into a lawyer's office and she looked at my girlfriend and said, do you love Ryan? Yes. Do you want to be with Ryan? Yes. Do you want to be a mother to his daughter? Yes. Great. Get pregnant, get engaged and make a big stink of it. It helps our case. So, the lawyers are literally coaching people to have children, whether or not they're ready for that, to help the case of protecting custody rights. And in my ex-wife and her and her pedophile husband's case, they married and had a child to make him look more normal. Wow. He's anything but normal.
0: It's like mind blown because I, I mean, I just I did not know that that was happening.
1: oh, it's it's a common occurrence. Another sibling, a half-blood sibling, actually overwhelms a lot of arguments because they don't want to separate siblings in the court. So it's a strategy when they're losing cases for a mother or a father to have another child with another person to keep the case alive.
0: Wow. Wow. Uh, they, I mean, they just it doesn't seem like they care about the kids going through this at all.
1: <laughs> no, and I can say this verbatim because I was a victim of the same thing when I was a kid. I was I'm a child of the system as well. and I was being beaten by my father on a regular basis. He had every other weekend custody. and my mother never really pushed back. I confessed to the school. I confessed to psychologists assigned by the court. I told the judge. I was eight,
2: nine, 10 years old, just like my daughter, same age. Mm. No one cared. And they just kept me going to his house every other weekend, regardless of what I came back
1: with, whether it be a bruised sternum or a broken nose or whatever the case may be. Didn't matter. i on for 30 plus years because I'm now in my 40s, in my early 40s.
0: Wow, I'm just getting goosebumps. I hate. First of all, I just want to say I'm sorry that you went through all of that. But it's just you know it sucks that it's your daughter's going through something so similar and at the same age. And you know the schools again are just totally disregarding when people are when the students are coming to them and saying, "Hey, we have this thing going on and it's it's not legal and it shouldn't be happening. And can you help me?" And they don't do anything.
1: This is yeah. This is this is a great this is a great segue. So I appreciate that my daughter has been seeing a social worker at school, licensed social worker um, and her school, you know like every you know every public school leans more to the left.
3: yeah, she
1: came home in second grade crying about the world ending in ten years because of you know global warming. She came home in third grade with her first sexual classes. What about safe sex and about whatever the case may be? Other other topics on that level. I mean, we're talking about crazy people. These are seven and eight year olds coming home crying because they're learning about you know sexual events and the world ending. Which, of course, I highly, I highly doubt the world's going to end in ten years thanks to global warming. But hey, you know, whatever.
0: Maybe from arsonists, but probably not from global warming.
1: <laughs> we'll talk about that some other day. <laughs> so, but yeah, the um, so what's happening with the schools? There's a there's a there's a phrase and a, a nomenclature that's pretty standard across the entire country called a mandatory reporter. If a teacher suspects abuse. In any capacity of one of their students, a social worker suspects abuse from any of their students. They are required by law to report it to the Child Protective Service Agencies. Yeah. My daughter was coming home weekly at one point telling, her, telling me stories about mom and stepdad. And I told her what I was told to, to do. Go tell the social worker. We need a third party to witness this. Mm -hmm. You won't believe dad versus mom hearsay in court. You need to tell somebody else. He was going to the social worker, telling her what was happening over and over and over again, coming home and saying, Dad, I told her. Dad, I told her. I told her what happened at mom's house. I told her what happened with stepdad. And I said, great, great, great. At least it's on the record. At least it's there when the time comes. So the time comes. And what happened was the school never reported anything. And I told the school via email. I told the school and parent-teacher conferences. I told the principal, the teacher, the social worker, the nurse, everybody who who would listen. And they automatically, from a report, have to call. And if they don't, it's a one- to two-year mandatory jail sentence in Illinois if they don't report. So now that they didn't report it, now they're liable.
3: Yeah. And this is what happened. And this is exactly what happened to my daughter. Wow.
1: They assigned what's called a GAL, a guardian ad litem, which is supposed to be the judge's eyes and ears on court cases involving children, especially abuse cases. Yeah. The GAL comes into court one day and says, Your Honor, I've talked to the principal, the teacher, the social worker. They're going to report or they have reported Ryan as an abuser of his daughter. And I'm shocked. My mouth hits the floor in the courtroom. Yeah, and I'm like, "What? What are you talking about?" And then she bills me nine hours to talk, of talking to those people. So she put it down on a, on an invoice. She spoke to those a court of law. I have a right to face my accusers. So I subpoena the teacher, the the principal to come to court. The court sends four lawyers to quash the subpoenas. I sent round after round after round of subpoenas. I finally get to talk to the teacher. And she admits she knew about it before I told her and when I told her. She admitted in a deposition. The principal and the social worker to this day have still avoided deposition. But I have the email trail and I have the paper trail and whatever. So they come in and the GAL claims that I was abusing my daughter. And the school comes in and says, we never reported, Ryan. I have a letter from the state of Illinois saying, we never reported Ryan. So quite literally, they framed me. And somebody was lying. The school, the GAL. The GAL, of course, was lying, but they, potentially the school officials as well. So they have a signed affidavit for my ex-wife and her lawyer. And affid- an affidavit, for those who are listening, is just as the same as being under oath. Okay, When you sign an affidavit, it's like being under oath. Yeah. Seventy-seven proven lies in the affidavit about me and my parenting. How many? Seventy-seven.
0: Whoa. Uh okay, so I'm just picturing this happening to me, and like the frustration that would enter my entire soul and my heart and my body. I don't know that people would be safe. Uh, probably not. I would not be safe. I would not be safe for me. Everybody would not be safe for me. This this sounds like a living hell. Like this sounds like a literal living hell. I don't even have kids yet, but when I have kids, like to imagine this scenario happening to me, where your name's getting dragged in the mud, everybody's saying you're a terrible parent, your kids getting ripped away from you
1: is common. I mean, my case is like minimal compared to some of the ones out there. Like, there's a mom who has two positive rape kits of her daughter from her ex-husband and his friend and she can't get her kid back in Chicago.
0: This is just like so heartbreaking to me. I don't understand how... You know, how how do more people not care about these little girls? Well, this
1: is what's amazing. It's boys and girls, right? There's little boys who are being molested and raped as well by dads and moms and uncles and everything else. But in my case specifically, so I have a paid invoice stating she talked to these people for nine hours. You figure in nine hours she could deduce whether they called about me or not. But I have a letter from the state saying they never called. I have the school officials coming in and saying they never called under their lawyer's reports, and under their lawyer's uh, statements. I have a teacher admitting they knew about the abuse, and I can prove with a paper trail they knew about the abuse. So now they're liable. Now they're playing the defense game, right? On one side of them not reporting, they're guilty. But on the other side, if they claim that that they called about me, they're lying under oath, and now they're guilty. So they're screwed either way. Yeah. And so is the GAL. Here's the, here's the screwed up part. And at least in Illinois, and I know most other states are similar, the GALs have almost complete immunity from hearsay. So they can literally walk in and lie about either parent, and they have no recourse. Yeah. I have no recourse on the GAL. But committing a fraud, committing perjury, child endangerment is, in fact, enforceable. So I've been calling dozens and dozens of law firms to try to sue the GAL's law firm for for framing me, yeah. Not one court, not one lawyer will take the case. Not one.
0: That is just insane. And how many have you reached out to? I uh,
1: would at this point, I would say over over two dozen.
0: Have you tried to get federal help with this? I mean, this whole case is like blowing my mind.
1: Yeah, federal is interesting because there was a case out of Alabama, a RICO case in a similar vein, where the court framed the father and the stepmother, and they lost access to the to the children. And they're suing federally. And that is what's pathetic is we don't get a jury at domestic level. We don't get a second set of eyes. Now we can appeal judges' orders, but what judges are doing, judges are literally postponing rule ruling on anything. If they rule on something, I can appeal it. Right. But the appeal process is such a joke, especially in Illinois. Less than 2% of cases are reviewed and less than 2% of those are reversed. So 0.4% chance of getting a reversal in a court system. It's a joke.
0: Yeah, I mean, it totally sounds like it. I'm just like, but in civil cases, you you get discovery.
1: You get discovery. In civil cases, you get discovery. Discovery obviously means depositions and paper trail and and cross-examination rights and a jury even. That's what everybody needs to go after. Staying in the domestic court system in almost any state, and there's stories out of New York, Florida, California, Arizona, parents losing their kids. These courts. This is all happening everywhere. This is not. This is not just liberal cities. This is not just liberal states. This is everywhere. Yeah, it's a systemic corruption issue, hurting kids for profit.
0: It's happening everywhere. And do you think that they're doing this, and when I say they, I'm talking about the court system, but do you think that they're doing this just for profit, dragging out these court cases, giving the kid over to the abusive parents? Do you think that they're doing that just for for the profit of dragging out the court cases? Or do you think that there's any way court systems are trying to do like a a double whammy thing where it's like, you know, profit, drag out the court cases, um, you know, make as much money as you can from that, but then also put the kid with the abusive parent um, and then then you will always be able to go take the kid away from the abusive parent because they're abusive. And then, as you know, the kids will go into the foster care system, which is full of pedophiles and sex trafficking. Like, I don't know if you guys know, but 60% of the foster care system, all those kids, 60% of those kids end up child sex trafficked.
1: That's that's my longstanding theory. Because here's what I've learned about my case, at least. Okay. I have the judge's investigators confirming my story and my daughter's story. I have third party experts exonerating me from any wrongdoing. And I have witnesses up and down the block, ready to talk about my character and my fatherhood for a decade. Judge won't hear any of those. She threw multiple expert witnesses out of the court. She froze me out for six hours at one point. Um, But in the meantime, Of this 18 months of not talking to my child, I've built an incredible case against my ex-wife and her and her husband. Mm -hmm. If they remove me through some technicality. That's just them now. And now I've literally handed them a case to remove my daughter from their home. Yeah. And yeah, she would go to foster care. And what's really pathetic is with my current suspension of parenting rights which is supposed to be temporary, but it's ongoing for forever. Under the temporary suspension rules, if I put my ex-wife and or her husband in prison, which I actually have enough evidence to do so, assuming I can find a D.A. to convict, which I can't in Illinois. Kim Fox is the biggest joke in America as a D.A. Mm -hmm. She was the Jesse Smollett situation, if you remember that. Yep. So she literally tried to convict the cops of accusing him of lying. Yeah. I mean, it's such a joke. The DAs, I mean, we're having DAs quit left and right in Illinois because they don't want to work around her. Um, you can't get a DA to convict. But the point that I'm making and, you're, and you've and made about foster care, these kids, I've now built a case against them. They can take them, her out of that home whenever they choose to. And I have no rights under temporary suspension. If she goes in the foster care system, I can I don't think I can get her back. Yeah. And on top of that, if I get her convicted, if I could get her convicted with a DA, and with him getting convicted with a DA, and there's plenty of evidence to convict both, she goes to foster care anyway. And as you know, and as most Americans do realize, foster care is the epicenter of American kids getting trafficked.
0: It is, but we're not allowed to say that it is. And we should be allowed to say that it is because it is.
1: And it's, it's a system. Remove the safe parent first because that's the number one protector and they have rights to their children. Remove the safe parent. Now we have a case against the abusive parent or step-parent or whoever. We can easily remove them and put them in the state's care. And now they're in the foster system. Now they're, they're a new profit center because the foster care system gets epic amounts of money from the federal government per kid and they just pocket it those kids don't get don't get help
0: Yeah, and that's what I was thinking. I mean, after listening to everything you've just told me after all of my independent research on all of this, I mean, now this is my theory. It's my theory because it's not that far-fetched. A lot of people, I think, listen to my podcast and they're like, oh, Jenny, that's just a little far-fetched. Is it really, though? I mean, we know that the government is working with major corporations to the benefit of the government and those major corporations. So why is it so far-fetched to think that maybe, you know, there's some sort of shady business going on with the court system? and the foster care system and pedophiles and children and could it possibly be this orchestrated thing? I don't know. The government doesn't seem to me to be above um, profiting off of people to their detriment. So that's that's my stance.
1: In my opinion, which of course is relatively educated in this specific topic, it's just about money for now. You know, I can't prove you know, some kind of ulterior cabal. I can't prove some kind of satanic cult. I can't prove some kind of ritualistic child sacrifice stuff. Although there are parents out there who believe in those things. But I just believe in a profit center. I believe that if you can make money off of the suffering of others, corrupt people will do so
0: they certainly will um i just i'm literally flabbergasted by the fact that your daughter is having to live with her abuser
1: oh it's 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 it bubbles my mind every day and every day i wake up with nightmares
0: has she gotten to tell the court uh, like what he did to her
1: not, they don't allow her to speak because she's not at least 12 years old they won't allow an under 12 to talk at least in illinois
0: How convenient for her stepfather abuser. I mean, that is this whole thing breaks my heart. I hate all of this. I hate injustice. I hate evil. I hate wickedness. And that is what her stepfather seems to embody as um, a pedophile. I mean, you're grooming, you're a pedophile, you are molesting little girls, you're a pedophile, that's what you are. And I'm so tired of us not just being able to say that or people saying, don't offend the pedophile. What about the kids? What about the kids? What has your ex-wife had to say about them dragging your name? like this
1: well here's what's fun about my ex-wife okay she's a she's a proven liar okay she was actually diagnosed by the court forensic psychologist as a pathological liar a narcissist and she actually failed her personality and sociology tests in the process so she's quite literally a sociopath with borderline narcissistic personality traits and a proven pathological liar that was literally came out in the court process
0: Oh, sociopaths. So fun.
1: Mine came back clean. Psych profile, personality profile, socio profile, came back clean. And actually, the the third-party investigator for the judge came back and said, Ryan's done nothing wrong. He was framed. The school doctored her records. That was proven. Mom lied under oath. uh, Lawyer lied under oath. And the judge ruled that the GL and the opposing counsel never lied. She literally wrote an order saying no one ever lied to me in this court process. So what can I do if the domestic judge has full discretion and just ignores the truth?
0: Yeah, I'm just wondering why. I mean, so they just can't. The courts just can't make as much money if they're giving the children to the healthy parents. Like they have to give the child over to the abusive parents. They why? I just don't understand why they can't. You know, make their money and give the kid back to the parent that's you know good for them.
1: Think think about think about it this way. These clowns are making somewhere between three and six hundred dollars an hour. Okay, my daughter came. I reported the abuse in January of 21. Okay. My daughter was removed March of 22. I submitted more evidence January of 22. So that literally is how many months ago? 19 months ago? 18 months ago? Something crazy like that? They still haven't let me present any of that evidence inside the court process. The investigator, the custody evaluator, reviewed the evidence. And then before the, evi- before the report even came out, In January of 23, the judge suppressed the entire case, suppressed all the evidence, and refused to let it go out anywhere outside of her court's protection under her control. So, even if I wanted to present the evidence, which now I don't care, I'll violate the judge's order any day of the week because I'm trying to protect my child. Yeah, this is what they do they bury the evidence, they bury the case. If they listen to me in January of 21 or in January of 22 and let me present the evidence, the judge under law has to put the child in my care. Instead, she let it go another two months and let them frame me, building a March 22 motion full of those lies since proven in the court process.
0: So it's literally just dragging it out for money.
1: It's just dragging it out. They could have removed my daughter, put her in my care, and investigated the pedo while she's safe. Yeah, But there's no money in that for them.
0: Wow, I mean, I just don't know how these people like live with themselves. How do they sleep at night? Like, I mean, talking about sociopaths, I know way too much about sociopaths. I know way more about sociopaths than I ever wanted to know about sociopaths. But is the entire court system just made up of sociopaths? Like how I mean, how? How are they doing this to children just for money? I mean, they know that they're dragging out these kids' trauma. They know that they're putting them with abusive parents, they know that the good parents are going to, you know, be in a situation like you, which is a nightmare. And they just don't have any they have no regard for the safety of the children
1: i don't know how many lawyers you know but i've met lawyers in every capacity business real estate court domestic civil criminal i've rarely met a lawyer who who would choose ethics over money
0: yeah. Um, this is just, like, overwhelming. Like, this is just really a lot to take in. How, how many other parents have you talked to across America who are going through similar situations as you?
1: Oh, hundreds. Um, the, the most horrific stories I've heard are in Illinois, Cook County, Chicago, because there's no recourse. Kim Fox, the DA, won't convict a judge. It, she just won't, especially a liberal judge. And which is most of them.
3: Yeah. Um, Florida <clears throat> is an epicenter. Broward County, especially
1: Miami-Dade County, especially. Um, there's all kinds of battles going on in L.A. County and San Mateo County right now in California. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard a woman named, uh, named Karen, uh, Catherine Casanoff in New York. I've heard the name. Okay. So her story is even more severe. She's a legit or was she passed away. She's a legitimate, was a legitimate district attorney for the state of New York. I mean, she's a lawyer. She's a district attorney, for Christ's sake, in New York. She has video evidence of her ex-husband, who is a corporate lawyer, beating her kids. She has video of it. In the court process, they took her house. They took her vacation home. They took her cars. They destroyed her career. She developed cancer, and she had assisted suicide and committed suicide over losing her children and losing her reputation and losing her life. Wow. There's a woman in, New York, in, in Florida just this past week, lost her kids 10, I believe 16, I might be wrong about the, the older one, to the abuser, to the abusive husband. She murdered her kids and herself to protect them from him
0: the system wasn't going to do shit.
1: The system took her kids out of her home and put them with the abusive dad. And she killed them and herself. I mean, this shit's happening.
0: I mean, the desperation that goes into that, how does everybody not know about this? Why is there not more attention brought to this? I'm very pissed off, frankly. And I know I'm cursing on the pod. Sorry, you guys, but this is like, this is very heavy stuff. This is like, how is there not the brightest spotlight ever shining on this issue?
1: Well, that's the whole thing. The media won't touch it. They, they deem it as a domestic squabble. Uh, and as you know, the media is mostly left-leaning anyway at this point. I'd say about 90%, maybe even more. Um, most people don't want to deal with open court cases because open court cases, they may create liability if they tell the stories. So you're hamstrung. You have schools covering them their own asses. You've got lawyers hiding behind the GAL's immunity, framing parents, the protective parents for crimes. The judges have complete control and nobody will talk about it. And the biggest issue these parents have, me included, nobody will listen and nobody believes it because they can't wrap their head around judges, lawyers, psychologists, social workers, teachers letting little kids get hurt. They can't wrap their head around it.
0: Yeah, well it's a lot, it's a lot to take in.
1: And so the the parents who were involved early in the system, like I did, trust the system. There's no effing way they're gonna let my little girl get hurt. Yeah. There's no way they can remove my child under no under no evidence, but they do. And then for the outside world, those parents who were still married, even the divorced parents who have good co parenting situations, which is most people. They don't want their kids to get hurt, so they work together to prevent that. But any co-parenting situation that goes into this domestic court system with an abuse slant to it, get ready for war because these people lick their chops, count their pennies, and find ways in this system to hurt these kids and destroy the protective parent.
0: Yeah, well, this is all utterly shocking to me, and I think that it's utterly shocking to my audience probably, but it's important for us to get these stories out. That's why we're doing this episode today. Um, You know, I've been telling everybody to get all of the true stories out because a lot of our American public is just very ignorant to the truth and to what is going on in our country, this whole issue included. This is a major issue. Our kids getting hurt in America is not something that we should be letting slide. Um, I also think that people just automatically trust authority way too quickly, and I've always had issues with authority, and that has come to serve me very well in my adulthood life, but I just think that people need to be very cognizant of the fact that evil does exist, and that we are up against evil. You can see that in a lot of different realms in our world right now, but this is an evil thing. To be profiting off of the pain of children is not something that should be happening in America, and so I am just always telling people, you know, get the truth stories out. And um, again, I'm just really, really shocked that more of the mainstream media, I'm not really shocked. Again, I, I keep saying I'm shocked. I'm not shocked. I'm not I'm shocked. I'm not shocked. I'm shocked, but I'm not shocked by this happening. And I'm shocked, but I'm not shocked by the mainstream media not covering it. It's a lot for us to wrap our brains around, but we've got to wrap our brains around it because <laughs> we have to confront these things so that we can fix these issues so that we can protect our kids. This is just so like, and I don't even curse on the podcast that much but this is really really effed up
1: what's crazy to me is and this is what's even crazier okay there's advocates out there these faux advocates okay and i'm gonna call them out by name on on your podcast you have these groups like the cac okay child advocacy centers around the country there's one in every major city there's probably some in smaller towns they take your call they put your kid's name down they write down your jotting They don't have the manpower or the funding to investigate all this stuff. So it goes whatever. You call the police. They're overwhelmed with robberies and thefts and murders, especially in Chicago, which is the epicenter of crime right now in the country, and a mayor who doesn't give a shit about it. You call the police, and they're like, all right, cool, file a report. If we get to it, we get to it. I called the DA's office three times. There's a child crimes division in Cook County. They won't even look at the case. They won't even open a case. Oh, listen to the domestic court hands. They'll handle it. The system's in place to protect kids. Like, they just ignore it. Wow. Even when you go to the next layer out, the cops, the DA's, the advocacy groups, they don't have the manpower or the care or the, or the fight in them to protect these kids because there's too many of them.
0: There's thousands and thousands of these cases open right now around the country. It just keeps getting more and more astoundingly bad. Like that the, you know, they just act like, oh, it's not a big deal. These children are being abused and they're being molested by pedophiles. Like, I feel like there should be like a totem pole of crime and like maybe protecting children should be like at the tippy tip, 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 top. And that we should care about the kids more than these. I mean, I'm just saying like, I know that crime is bad and crime is crime and there are a lot of crimes, but maybe we should like protect children, number one top priority and to have fake advocacy groups like it's just like can y'all not
1: well here's the thing have you seen what the punishment is now for pedophiles around the around the country sometimes it's as small as a fine and and a probationary period yeah
0: they're totally normalizing it they are normalizing pedophilia in the united states of america that is what's happening um i actually didn't know that some of the pedophilia um, crime-like punishments for that was that little. That's absolutely asinine. And having the punishment for pedophiles to be that low is just going to incentivize and encourage more pedophiles to be more pedophilic. I mean, they're going to get, what, a slap on the wrist? Um, What is happening to our country? Like, what is happening to our country? I do not understand. I have been seeing and just watching it so quickly unfold to be this thing where we are just so quickly, quite legitimately, legitimately, legitimizing and normalizing pedophilia, and it's a big, big problem. We are, I mean, do you guys remember all of the posters that they were putting up a year or two back when they were just like, it was literally a man holding hands with a child and it had the pride flag on it, of course, because pedophiles are trying to ride off the LGBTQ plus, uh, you know, just degenerate community. And they, the poster said, love is love, literally a grown man holding hands with a little child like no pedophilia is not love pedophilia is rape and uh, you can't say love is love this is this is the slippery slope i've been talking about for so long so many things have such a slippery slope and for the longest time we were telling you guys this whole lgbtq plus pride uh whole movement was going to be something that the pedophiles were going to latch onto and surprise surprise now they are and now a lot of pedophiles are getting like no punishment for being pedophiles does anybody really think that that's a good idea for society? Does anybody really think that traumatizing little kids is like a good thing? Do you really think giving kids PTSD is like a fun, fun activity? Like what is wrong with our country? Like what is wrong with our entire world?
1: Well, anyone in your audience can Google this. How they changed the pride flag, red, white, you know, the, the rainbow flag. Yeah. And they added light pink and light blue to it. And two shades of brown. Yeah. Brown and black, I believe. The triangle at the edge or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Go Google what the pink and the blue mean. It represents children. And it's supposed to, like, they slant it sometimes as young children who feel, you know, that they're some other gender. But they also slanted a young, attracted person, YAPs.
0: Yeah, or the crazy MAPs, like minors, attracted persons.
1: Rising so. ...pedophilia in this country
0: they are, they legitimately are. And it's right in front of our faces. We all see it happening. We see it happening in the streets, June, you know, pride month and drag queen story hours. I mean, to me, it's like, that should be, I think that everybody at the pride, uh, June, like, you know, yay naked in the streets. People should be arrested for public indecency. I mean, that used to be a thing, but I guess it's not anymore either. Uh, the world is going crazy. America has gone absolutely mad. Um, But in my mind, you know, the drag queen story hour and these pride events that parents take their kids to, it's just, to me, that comes down to a parental uh, lack of morality and faith issue. Like, they are just doing that because everybody else is doing that and they think it's hip and cool. All of these liberal progressive mothers are just trying to get brownie points from other liberal progressive mothers. Um, And so they're just trying to be cool and get their stupid brownie points. But, um, you know, this is a big problem with the court system uh, in particular because it is suggesting that, you know, these these lawyers, these judges, all of these people involved, the government, um, you know, are willingly putting kids in danger for profit, um, you know, to the extent of possibly, you know, putting them intentionally into the foster care system in order to be child sex trafficked. And that's a, p- a pretty huge story, okay? So that's a really big story that people should be talking about more and I don't see anybody else talking about this. I know that you've been on a few other podcasts. You're on my podcast now. Um, And I know that you want to go on other podcasts so if anybody listening runs another podcast or knows anybody who would be willing to talk about Ryan's story, um, please reach out to him. Reach out to me and I'll connect you to him. But you know, is anybody else other than the podcast that you've been on, is anybody else talking about this? And are the other parents in the same situation as you, you know, trying to get their stories out too? (laughs) Parents, I can't speak for everybody. I try
1: my best to avoid generalizations, but the majority of parents I talk to are in some level of fight or flight. They're in some level of trauma response. They're in some level of shock, right? They lost their kids or they're losing their kids or their kids are currently being molested or worse. Yeah. Um, they are just trying to stay alive. They're just trying to keep their head above water. Survival mode. Because they're so focused on the case that they're forgetting their jobs are being affected. Right? So I don't blame the parents who were going through hell on their reactions or their efforts. I've just been blessed with the ability because my daughter's been removed from even talking to me. And, like, that's bizarre. Like, there's guys on death row right now who can talk to their kids. Yeah. And the reason why my daughter can't talk to me, it was motioned by the child representative lawyer, which is another layer of corruption in all these cases, another money center for these clowns. If my daughter gets on a Zoom with me or on a recorded call and she says, dad, dad, he touched me again. Dad, dad, mom hit me again. Now I have it on recording again. And even lawyers I've talked to. Okay, great. You have the accusation, you have the evidence, you have the cover-up, but if you don't have another instance of abuse, the cover-up didn't harm the child unless the child was harmed again, and you can prove it, so we can't file a civil case. What? There's a four-stage process, and I'm like, clearly they didn't stop hurting her in the last 18 months, and once we subpoena these people, We'll get them on record and get these court court things moving. And these lawyers won't touch it. So So, it's not just the parents throwing their hands in the air in frustration. It's the system of legal that they're in. And these lawyers are like, well, we're not going to spend a million dollars in litigation on a hundred million dollar possible case against the school unless we have all the evidence before we file. Yeah. So they won't even they won't even engage with it. So
0: what is what is y'all's strategy, you and these other parents who are going through this? I mean, y'all shouldn't be having to go through this, but y'all find yourselves going through this. And and what is kind of, you know, the consensus on what the strategy is moving forward? Because this is a total, it sounds like it's a total train wreck.
1: It is a train wreck. Um, I have inadvertently become one of the mouthpieces of this movement because the advocates are more or less worthless Um, Most of the parents are like I said In some kind of complete level of shock A lot of parents don't have the time Or the energy or the mindset To go after this publicly And another layer is Judges are Gag ordering people Judges are suppressing evidence So you're literally violating These dirty judges orders To go on podcasts And to talk about the story To other people So a lot of parents are just scared of losing their kids or some layer of visitation to their kids because they're going to get arrested for some violation of a judge's order. Yeah. I just don't care. I'm at a point in my life where fighting for my daughter, in my mind, is a one-way ticket. Yeah. I don't care if I'm shot. I don't care if I'm drugged through the mud again. I don't care if I lose clients over my, my, my outreach and my outspoken nature. I just want to save my little girl. And it's as simple as that. So I don't care. Like, I'm going full-blown war. Most parents won't because they're scared of some level or more more likely. And this is a generalization, so I apologize to the parents out there who I'm speaking for. But a lot of parents are just, they don't want to lose what little hope they have. Yeah. And they have some level of hope left for the court system. They have some level of hope for an appeal. They have some level of hope that people are going to
0: do the right thing. I've just given up on humanity at this point. I just don't think they're going to. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard to believe in them after everything that they've put you through. And I mean, you've seen it happen to numerous other parents at this point. Um, And I think you're like me where it's just like, you can kind of see pretty quickly. Okay. uh, Yeah. I'm not going to really put a whole lot of stock into anything you ever say, like you're a bad person. And I think you're good at, you know, seeing whether people are good or bad natured, Um, you know, whether they are people who care about justice or not. And it seems, like, you know, you fought and you fought and you fought and they keep pulling these weird uh, stunts. And so, you know, how are you, else are you supposed to feel at a time like this? But I do understand the other parents who are just kind of like beaten down. That might be part of the system, you know, beat the parents down so much emotionally as well as the children so that they are able to fully just literally profit from everybody involved, which is so just disgustingly sickening. And, you know, I do understand the other parents, um, you know, struggling to get out there and get their stories out. It's probably a level of gaslighting too within the court system where it's just like, no, everybody's probably just like, how in the world is this happening to me? Like the confusion that has to go into, um, you know, kind of seeing the court system that is supposed to be there to help you is supposed to be there to help the protective parents and to, you know, punish the abusive parents, which, is not doing that anymore, it seems. Um, You know, all for profit, like you're saying, and like I was saying earlier, the foster care system, 60% of the foster care system, kids end up being sex trafficked. So it's just, I don't know, it's looking like a little bit of a system system that not, it's very nefarious. It's looking very evil and bad. So I do understand these parents, you know, getting beaten down and, you know, it might also be that they're starting to see too. And it's just like, it is a hard, it is a hard pill to swallow to really come to terms with something like this. I mean, it is absolutely evil. And so I'm just very thankful that you have the strength and the fortitude to come out um, even amongst all of this happening to you, just having your daughter ripped away and knowing that she's having to live with her abuser, knowing that your ex-wife is a sociopath and, created this situation for your daughter. I mean... God has given you the strength, I believe, to to be the person that is coming forth and and saying all of this and making this story known. I know that it's not easy. You have gag orders, you have these abusive people in the court system that are supposed to be protecting your daughter from abusive people and making sure that she's with you, her protective parent. Um, you know, it's just, it's a lot to go through for any, any person, but I'm just wondering how they expect for fathers to react, how they expect the protective fathers to to react to something like this
1: my daughter and i had an amazing bond before they took her away she came home to me and said dad they're telling me to lie dad they're telling me that you're that you made it all up dad they're telling me that what i said before was was wrong so but she was advocating for herself my little nine-year-old has more guts and spine in her body than 95% of the advocacy groups I've spoken to since. Yeah. Oh, we don't want to get involved because it's an open case. Oh, we don't want to get involved unless we have this, this, and this in place. My little girl came home and said, Dad, I'm telling everybody everything because I don't want to be there anymore. I'm scared. Yeah. So my little nine-year-old has more guts than 95% of the people who are supposed to be helping her. And that's why I keep fighting because she, she and I, our last conversation, she wrote me a note little letter dad you always have my back dad you always believe me dad you're the best dad i could ever have like she wrote me a little power note and i have it in my pocket every time i go to one of these podcasts every time i go into a court situation i've i've photocopied and given to the judge and the judge (laughs) like many other things i've given her never reviews it never speaks about it never lets me present it but her under under law she's supposed to honor the child's wishes and the child's words and she won't do it.
0: And she doesn't even have to give a reason.
1: No, no, absolutely not. These these judges have complete discretion.
0: I mean, that just
3: completely blows my mind.
1: And that's the biggest problem is you're fighting, you're fighting naked corruption. Yeah, absolutely. In your face, they could easily solve this with a three panel judge situation or a jury's situation or a cleaner appeal process but they don't because they don't want to fix the problem. Like you said before, they've created this problem to make money and they're making tons of money from it.
0: Yeah. I keep saying it, but I mean, it just really is a lot to wrap your brain around. And, you know, I mean, I'm just wondering like how many kids is this happening to in our country? Like how many kids is this happening to? Because, I mean, I'm just wondering, like, if you know so many of these parents, you're going through this. They have so much audacity to be doing this in the first place. Like, and it, just knowing how many kids are in the foster care system, I mean, it has to be in the millions, right?
1: Let me put it this way, okay? I was a child of the system in the 80s. Well, early 90s. Um, my judge has gloated in court that she has 1400 open cases. Now, a lot of those are just squabbles over days or squabbles over money. Okay. Let's just be very, very clear about this. Let's just be very pessimistic. Let's just say 10% of her cases involve abuse. So that means 150 of her open cases, open, not closed, not historic open cases, 150 are involving abuse. She's one of 14 sitting domestic judges in Chicago. We'll round it down to 10 for, for easy math. So that's 1500, open abuse cases in Cook County alone right now. Now yeah. Cook County is one of what a hundred or more uh, courts in Illinois. So you have 150 kids in her court. Then you have times 10 judges, so 1500, kids times a hundred in Chicago or in Illinois alone. So now you're at 1.5, I believe it's 1.5, 1,000 1, courts, 100 courts. Let's call it 100 courts. So you add two more zeros to our, to our 1,500. So we're at 150,000 open abuse cases in Illinois alone times 50 states. So, yeah, 750,000 open abuse cases in this country right now, judging by just general pessimistic math. Wow. My parents are committing murder. Um, pedos are going free daily. I mean, it's just, it's, it's an epidemic and no one's talking about it because they're, they're convinced that, oh, it's not an American problem. I saw a movie, right? Oh, I saw a movie. It's, you know, sound of freedom. This is a horrific thing happening to kids on the border and kids in other countries. Bullshit. It's 10 times worse here and no one's talking about it.
0: Yeah, well, we've talked a little bit about Sound of Freedom. I mean, do you think that it fully is just this total distraction to veer people's eyeballs away um, from the fact that this is happening in America and happening, you know, at at this grand scale. I mean, this is a huge, we're talking about a big number of open cases right now of abuse cases in America where the court systems may very well be, um, you know, if this is a systemic thing, doing exactly to other people what they are doing to you and these other parents. But Do you think that sound of freedom is sort of this distractionary thing to say, oh, well, sex trafficking, child sex trafficking is only happening in other nations and this is a foreign problem and it doesn't ever happen in America, even though we are the, Number one in demand and supply for child sex. Nobody wants to talk about that, but that is that's the way it is, and it shouldn't be that way. Which is why I'm always pushing morality and reading your Bible and having stronger faith. But you know, a lot of you don't listen to me. Not I'm not talking to you guys who listen to my podcast. I'm talking to everybody else. Um, but do you think that sound of freedom was um, you know to distract people from the child sex trafficking that's happening here?
1: I believe in psyops I don't think I ha- I don't think I'm a conspiracy theorist for having things proven to
0: me yeah you know the the, the the Tuskegee experiment exactly I've talked about that so many times people are like what is that
1: yeah this the, the Stanford prison experiment like they run psyops on citizens all the time they do I'm not sitting here playing conspiracy theory these are provable things
0: research it
1: yeah it's out there so my experiences: the media including Hollywood doesn't release anything that doesn't have an agenda of money or an agenda of social modification attached to it that's my theory on life yeah you don't see a news article without it trying to convince you of something like oh COVID shots are good for you we've proven that wrong
0: I mean myocarditis definitely has
1: so Everything I see on the media, I immediately question, why are they presenting this? Why are they presenting this now? What's reading between the lines equal on this topic? Why or why? Who's behind this? Believe Sound of Freedom is one of those. They're trying to say, oh, this is a problem and get all these people fired up. But it also distracts people from what's happening at home. <laughs>
0: okay guys that is the end of this episode we're going to be doing another part of this it's a two-part series with ryan cooler um so tune in into the next episode that will follow after this this was an hour the next one will be an hour this is a very important topic and we just wanted to be as thorough as we could getting all of the information from ryan's case what he knows about the other protective parents and what they're going through with the court systems right now um and so definitely tune into that one please share these episodes around it's been very important for people to hear this story. This is a very, very big story. And I would encourage all of you to also send this podcast episode and the following one to all of your major news sources so that they know that we know what's going on and that maybe they should talk about it too.